Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented by Corona Premier. With only 2.6 carbs and just 90 calories, it's the light beer you've been waiting for. Also presented by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. And by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Now, here's Darren Pritchett. Welcome into the Golf Show presented by Michelob Ultra here on WSBT Radio. Looking forward to talking to you about the game of golf over the next 30 minutes. Mother Nature's being kind to us. We've got a very nice day today. Maybe you can get out and hit some golf balls or play 18 holes with glorious conditions. It's going to cool off Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, but I'm sure we'll be warmed up again very, very soon. I'm going to recap the Masters in our next segment. I'm going to talk to someone who has played Augusta National in our final segment, But in this opening segment, I want to touch on a secondary storyline that came out of the Masters. Brooks Kepka, who finished in a tie for second place at Augusta National, complained about the slow play from the group in front of him. He was in the final group with John Rahm. You had Victor Hovland and Patrick Cantlay. Kepka said, quote, the group in front of us was brutally slow. John went to the bathroom like seven times during the round, and we were still waiting, end quote. Now, there was even an occasion where Victor Hovland was up at the green chipping the the golf ball while Patrick Cantlay was still walking down the fairway. Now, I think there is a perception that Patrick might be a little bit on the slow side. Hovland, you could see, got frustrated a couple of times, so he moved ahead and went ahead and played his shots. Cantlay has now responded from the golf tournament this weekend. Quote, we finished the first hole and the group in front of us was on the second tee. We waited all day, pretty much every shot. We waited in 15 fairway. We waited in 18 fairway. I imagine it was slow for everyone. Cantlay went on to say, as someone that used to be on the Players Advisory Council, quote, One thing that's interesting sitting on the pack is you get all the numbers and the data, and rounds have taken about the same length of time for the last 10 to 20 years that they currently take. When you play a golf course like Augusta National, where all the whole locations are on a lot of slopes and the greens are really fast, it's going to take longer and longer to hole out. I think that may have been what attributed to some of the slow play on Sunday. And then also, when the wind is gusting and the wind is blowing, maybe inconsistently, that's when guys will take a long time, too. It's just the nature of playing professional golf where every shot matters so much. I don't think we mind in the majors if there is slow play. There is a lot of anxiety, pressure, a lot of things to go through with your caddy. But I think even those of us that just play on Sunday, slow play is very, very frustrating in every attendant at a golf course is trying to find out better ways to keep you moving on the golf course. All right, we'll talk about some of the stuff that happened at Augusta National last weekend coming up next on the Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra on WSBT. 
to The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, the Masters never disappoints. And we had an interesting week of golf at Augusta National in Augusta, Georgia. Mother Nature played a major factor. Thursday, beautiful, 80 degrees and sunshine. Most of the day Friday was okay, then the weather turned nasty late in the afternoon. Eventually, Saturday, we didn't get a whole lot accomplished. The leaders played six holes, so Sunday morning at Augusta National, we basically had a doubleheader. Brooks Kepka and John Rahm in the final group. They started on hole number seven Sunday morning as we got the third round restarted. And from there, they would play around 30 holes, and we would see this golf tournament totally flip in storylines during that particular period of golf. Darren Pritchett back with you here on WSBT Radio. You think about where Brooks Kepka was starting the resumption of the third round Sunday morning. He seemed to be in total control of the golf tournament. More importantly, in control of his golf swing. He was flawless the first two days of the championship. He entered Sunday morning with the resumption of the third round with a four-shot lead over John Rahm. But we found out right away that Kepka just didn't bring his A game to Sunday at Augusta National. And when you don't have your A game, it's very difficult to get the job done, even with a four-shot lead with right around 30 holes to go. It makes it more difficult when your closest pursuer is one of the best players in the world right now in Spaniard, John Rahm. And Rahm made a putt right off the bat to apply a little pressure to Brooks Kepka, And from there, Rahm continued to play solid golf while Kepka just could not get anything going. There was a stretch where he went 18, 19 holes on Sunday without a birdie. And that allowed Rahm right back into the golf tournament. And at the end of the fourth round, Rahm was able to easily bag his second major championship, a four-shot win over Kepka and 52-year-old Phil Mickelson. One thing about this championship for Rahm, it was a come-from-behind victory. Like I said, he was four down entering the resumption of the third round Sunday morning. But once he grabbed the lead, there was not any pushback from Kepka, who was in his group for the fourth round. Also, there was no pushback from the twosome right in front of Rahm. And that was Patrick Cantley who plays so slow. My goodness, he is a human rain delay. He would not work well in Major League Baseball with the pitch clock. And Victor Hovland, who had that great opening round, struggle in the second and third round, then got it going for a while on Sunday before eventually falling back. Neither one of those two could apply any pressure on Rom. The only two players that made a move on Sunday were so far back their greatness never affected John Rahm. You look at Phil Mickelson, who ended up at eight under par, tied for second place with Kepka, but four shots off the pace. 
He shot a seven under par 65 in the final round, which was great for some of the storylines in the tournament. But in terms of pushing Rom, he never felt that pressure. Mickelson was still four back. You look at Jordan Spieth, who ended up at seven under par in a tie for fourth. He shot a six under par 66 in the final round. But again, it didn't affect Rom because he started the final round at minus one and shooting 66 only got him to within five shots of John Rom. I don't want to say it was easy. It is not easy closing out a major. It is not easy closing out a championship at Augusta National. What's the old saying? That the golf tournament really begins on the 10th hole on Sunday when the leaders get to Amen Corner. But Rom was never truly pushed by some of the best players in the world. And he picks up his second major title, so he has a win at Torrey Pines out in California, the 2019 U.S. Open. And now he has a green jacket from the 2023 Masters. And just think how his tournament started. Hit the green on one and two, but he four-putted the par four and started the tournament with a double bogey six. Rom is one that gets pretty uh, heated, boils up quickly. I think he took out a little steam on the next tee shot, but he settled in and got the job done. How about this? Rom becomes the seventh straight major championship winner, won by a player in their 20s. Rom started the streak at the 19 U.S. Open. The last non-20-year-old to win a major It was Phil Mickelson who set the record for the oldest major champion by winning the 2021 PGA Championship. For Rahm, the fourth Spaniard to win a Masters green jacket, joining the legendary Seve Ballesteros, who won two times in the 80s, Jose Marie Olathabal, a couple of wins in the 90s a few years ago, Sergio Garcia brought home his first and only major championship, and now Rom, who won on Ballesteros birthday. Olathabal was just off the 18th green to celebrate with his fellow countrymen. Terrific performance by Rom, and you have a feeling his trophy case is going to be full of major championships before he is done. I think he's 28-29, so a long way to go in his golf career. Anytime you talk about the Masters, Tiger Woods is a story. Made the cut thanks to Justin Thomas having some issues on his final hole in the second round, moving the cut. Woods made the cut once again, but withdrew Sunday morning before the third round resumed. Plantar fasciitis was the issue. Body wasn't up to playing, so Tiger did not play on Sunday. He really struggled in the rain and the cold on Saturday. And if he would have gone in Sunday's action, he was at nine over par. Another storyline, the live golfers, 18 playing in this major championship. Brooks Kepka left the PGA Tour for live golf. Leader for three rounds, struggled from the moment the third round resumed Sunday morning, still finished in a tie for second. I miss Brooks on the PGA Tour. Phil Mickelson, second place. 
Eight under par after a 65 on Sunday at 52 years old. Mickelson, the oldest player to finish in the top five at the Masters. And Patrick Reed, another live golfer, a former Masters champion, tied for fourth at minus seven. So the live golfers made some noise at Augusta National. I mentioned Spieth, another top five finish at Augusta for the former champion. Final round, six under par, 66. Fred Couples became the oldest player to make the cut at the Masters. The 92 champion made the cut at 63 years, six months, and five days. Just a little bit older than Bernhard Langer, who set that mark a few years ago. And what I found interesting in watching the coverage, I wouldn't say it was dramatically noticeable, but the patrons at Augusta National, it felt like on Sunday they were backing Rom over Kepka, which is interesting. Rom is Spaniard, but plays on the PGA Tour. Kepka, four-time major champion, an American, but he's on the Live Golf Tour. Now, Rom is extremely popular here in the States, so I don't want to say it's all about PGA Tour and Live, but I have a feeling there were a good amount of patrons at Augusta National that were pulling for John Rom. There was even a rumor that if a Live tour player won the Masters that they would all run out on the green and celebrate together. Fortunately, if that was going to happen, it did not happen. PGA Tours, John Rahm takes home the championship. You can't beat Augusta National. Rain, shine, it is just one of the great watches each and every year. Well, one of my favorite people in the game of golf Retired general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, John Foster. I'm jealous of him for so many reasons, but one of the big reasons he's had the chance to play Augusta National on a couple of occasions. I asked John recently about the time he got to play at Augusta National. We'll bring you that conversation coming up next. You're listening to The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra on your home of the Fighting Irish, including the April 22nd Blue Goal game, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. One of my original co-hosts of this program was John Foster, now the retired general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. John had the great pleasure on a couple occasions playing at Augusta National. And recently, when I talked to John here on WSBT Radio, I asked him about some of his experiences at one of the great golf courses in the world. I got to ask you about the 13th hole since you have played Augusta National. The 13th hole, they pushed the tee back 35 yards. The tee is now about eight feet higher than the previous tee box. And. They're trying to take away some of the players going driver eight iron on that par five, which I totally understand. But having played that hole, isn't it going to make it a little more difficult to drive the golf ball on that hole, let alone getting around the corner like some of the players could before that new tee was installed? Yeah, I don't think getting around the corner is probably not going to do you much good hitting the ball right to left because the the bend is out there so far. If you hug the left side and, and, now you're going to end up Ray's Creek, I think, if you do that. Now, that being said, Darren, they don't have to. I mean, I think they hit the ball down the middle of the fairway, and the only difference now is, and I mean, yeah, if you bend it around there, you could have maybe an 8-iron in before, like they were saying, or a 9-iron. 
now you hit it down the middle of the fairway, it's still going to canter down to the left, and you're going to be hitting probably a six iron or a five iron. Now, there's some guys on tour that, that probably aren't going to be able to do that, and they may lay up, but still the better players, Darren, that can move it off the tee are still going to have mid-irons into that green. So they're never going to – I mean, they have to move back a long way before they make it a true three-shot hole. And I think that it may still be a decision for some people, depend on wind and stuff, but they're not going to take out the – I think it's good because they're taking out – they're not taking out the go-for-it element. They're just going to mm-hmm. go for it with a little bit of longer club now. Um, you know, because some of the guys I, I heard interviewing who weren't big hitters back whenever said they were hitting four and five irons into that anyway. It's only, the you know, an elite few who could turn it around the corner and hit it a long way that were going hit, to hit the eight irons and wedges anyway. So – so I think it's still. I think the scoring average is really good on that hole, wasn't it? Last or yesterday? They broke down a stat today over the first round and maybe halfway through the second round. Players who reached the hole in two, the scoring average was the same as last year. But yeah. players who had to hit a third shot onto the green, the average okay. score was five point zero zero. Really? Yes. Okay. Isn't that surprising? Okay. Putting a wedge in the hand of a pro and they can't make birdie more than that. Wonder where the yeah it would depend on the whole location I guess I guess you know you can always make that golf course absolutely impenetrable by putting the right hole location so maybe they've done that to the hole as well I don't know where the hole was yesterday it was front right uh, today I just know, okay well, I think I told you the first time I played down there I hit my my caddy forced me to go for it in two <laughs> and which I I made it and I four putted for a six so yeah. <laughs> You made it in two? So, I mean, I'm impressed no, yeah, by I that. It. No, I reached, I reached it, too, because he wouldn't. I told him to give me an eight iron. I wanted to lay up, and he wouldn't give it to me. He gave me a three one. He said, you're hitting that, or you're not going to hit anything at all. <laughs> and I did. I hit it to the back side of the green, and it was it was just absolutely great. The whole walk up there until I four-putted. And I was lucky I had to make a five-footer to make it a four-putt, not a five-putt. Don't you remember so, when I taught you in broadcasting one-on-one when we started the golf show? <laughs> Don't tell every detail. Stop with, I hit it on in oh, two. Yeah, I, you didn't I, need to I say anything it, else. That's true. The first time, the first round I played, I reached in two. (laughs) And stop. Stop right there. Exactly. When you played Augusta for the first time, even though there are no spectators around, was there a different feeling when you were on the first tee? I've heard so many people say their heart rate was like no other time on a golf course when you step onto that first tee. Did you have that same experience? I was, Darren, I was never so nervous in my life. I really, I, it was really nerve wracking. And like you say, as the three guys I was with, plus the foursome that we had a foursome behind us who we knew as well. So the seven guys watching you, who cares? Oh my goodness. I was so nervous. And I just think it's because I'm like you, I grew up, you know, seeing this golf course. It's the only major where every year they go back to the same golf course. So we're accustomed to seeing it. We know every hole. And I know that, um, that, being on the first tee, you can hit it into the eighth fairway and make a six on the first hole. So, <laughs> too many details again. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, that was my first time. The second time I did okay. But uh, the other thing that that I've told you about the elevation, you know, I heard some of the players telling that yesterday about people don't understand how elevated it is. But the other one's how close the holes are together hmm. and how close the next tee is to the green that you walk off of. And they do a great job on television of kind of segregating those things so you don't see it. But some places you're walking off about 10 yards and it's your very next tee from the green. And like 17 from 16 is that, that way. And, you know, eight uh, to seven to eight and all these other ones. 
but they do a great job of framing it so you don't see it. And the reason I say that, it's very easy to hit the ball into the next fairway, uh, especially when you're nervous on the first tee. So, yeah. One more question for you. If yeah. you had the chance to play that course again, but you can only play one hole for the rest of your life, which hole would you choose at Augusta National? Uh, 12 by yeah. far. The par, the par three. Yeah. Yeah. And you still wouldn't figure it out. You play it every day and not figure it out. By the way, when you watch that, you'll see beyond the green back there, there's a bunch of bushes and a irrigation box about 10 yards up the hill. Mm-hmm. You know, you can actually play your second shot from there, I found out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because on ESPN during the second round, they have now a coverage called Welcome to the Masters. Right before they go on with the actual coverage, they had a celebrity okay. on who hit it halfway up that hill behind 12, and he yep. started to walk up there, and the caddy said, no, 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 we don't hit it from up there. Drop one here. So you might have violated Augusta National Rules. I was still in bounds. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but it just shows you, I mean, that that same club, you know, uh, I felt like I wasn't even going to get there with it. So it, it the wind swirls there. It's it's an odd angle. It's a really cool hole. And, you know, I know Nicholas has replicated it across a bunch of different golf courses and stuff. But I guess nothing's the same as being down in that valley there at Rays Creek. But yeah, I think that's probably the hole that's the most intriguing. Just follow what yeah. Tiger does. Shoot it over the bunker no matter what. <laughs> Well, because if you hit it thin, yeah, it goes sure. in the bunker. I'll tell you what, Darren, when you're down there playing your first you remember that. You just hit it over the bunker, okay? <laughs> because I was so damn nervous. I don't even remember a bunker on that hole. Wait, I, I played 12 I, at I Augusta. Play. I played yeah. 12 at Augusta today. My son and I just got the new oh, PGA <laughs> Tour game. We were playing Augusta. I had no problem. I went right over the bunker and made three. It was easy. I don't well, know what you're talking about. Well, I tell you, I took all those bunkers out of play, pal, my first time there. So I was a good 20 yards long. <laughs> Always enjoy my conversations with my good friend John Foster, the retired general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. That's going to wrap up this week's edition of The Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. My name is Darren Pritchett. I hope you have a terrific weekend, and I hope you get the opportunity to play a little golf this weekend. It's going to be nice today, a little cool on Sunday, and then, what, a chance for rain or snow showers maybe on Monday? Forget about that. It's golf season. We'll overlook that. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, and also talk to you on Monday on Budweiser's Weekday Sports on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT, always streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the free WSBT radio app. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show, presented by Corona Premier, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing, and by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Hear the Corona Premier Golf Show every Saturday morning at 8, or catch the podcast at WSBTRadio.com, or on the WSBT Radio app. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.